a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, iHeartRadio. It is Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn is here as well. Vinny Maolio to join us later this hour. Oh, Maolio. Can't wait to uh, slow jam the week out with Vinny, get his perspective from behind the desk. See what uh, see what's the deal with, uh, you know, once the NFL schedule comes out, we make a big deal of it, right, because we want to analyze the schedule. We want to, uh, you know, give people an, an, an angle or an edge, perhaps, on their season win totals thoughts or their futures thoughts based on how a, uh, a schedule is laid out, the advantages, the disadvantages. You know, we talked to Johnny Avello on Primetime Action last night, uh, Johnny Avello from DraftKings, and as much as we talk about it, from his perspective, it's like, yeah, but you know what? A lot of people, it, it, it's not like people rush to bet week one. They just don't. Sure, some people do, but it's not like this major flow of folks. That's what I was trying to ask Chrissy earlier in the week. We'll get Vinny's perspective on that, among other things. Ed Stanko, owner of the King of Prussia Stable, the owner of the 2013 Kentucky Oaks winner, will chime in on the Preakness as well. We'll get to uh, Mark Borchard here. Actually, let's bring in Mark Borchard right now because I'd love to uh, ask him some random baseball questions before we get to his actual picks of the day from an undisclosed location somewhere in the desert, sports data analyst and the host of the Base Winner podcast. It is Mark Borchard. How you doing, Mark? Gil, I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. How often do you put out the Base Winner podcast, by the way, for those interested? It's bi-weekly, so we're going to put one out this afternoon. Okay. So I have I have several questions um, and this is why I love having you on because you're you're good at sort of fielding the ground balls, if you will. Yesterday, the uh, the highly uh, anticipated, to much fanfare, uh, debut of Jared Kelenic uh, to the big leagues with the Seattle Mariners. Now he goes 0 for 4, so it was kind of, wah, wah, but you know, okay, it's the beginning of a new era in Seattle Mariners baseball. How do you account for someone like that? who has not taken a single major league at bat, all of a sudden he's inserted into the Mariners lineup. By the way, they had a rookie pitcher as well, right? Um, how do you project from minor league to big leagues? Do you do you have a system that does that? Do you stay away from such games? What what, what ends well, up in the wash? Que- it, it's, it's a good question, Gil. So within our model, we have every player's rated. And then for, for rookies... Uh, they're challenging to to rate. What I found is a combination of the Pakoda ratings and the Steamer ratings, and then taking a look at. So I take a look at some plate discipline stats at, at AAA, and then kind of round that out to a to a, a rating for that player, and then we just plug them into the model. I love it. Plate discipline stats. That's that's the you know we talk about that with uh, what's the biggest thing you can project of college quarterbacks to the NFL. And the number one thing is accuracy. So plate, you know, uh, accuracy in terms of completion percentage. Um, so plate discipline is, is the main thing that you uh, project forward. It's interesting. Uh, this came up on primetime action last night, drinking game, mentioned primetime action again, uh, that I do with Matt Brown and Kelly Bidlin and Daniel Alvari. Um, Jack Flaherty of the St. Louis Cardinals. So now if we go to the NL Cy Young market, uh, obviously, Jacob DeGrom is the is the favorite, and he ought to be the favorite. We hope he gets back from injury sooner than later. Um, and then there's other candidates, right? Corbin Burns had this amazing streak of, of uh, strikeouts without issuing a walk. Garrett Cole, by the way, has the same thing currently going on uh, in the AL. Actually, Burns is, was, was a snap yesterday. Um, but then there's Jack Flaherty. 
And so I, I want you to take off your modeling cap, if you would, for one second, because I know you don't necessarily delve into these award props. But Jack Flaherty is 7-0 and on the season. 7-0. and Now, those of us who are into analytics, we are at the forefront of saying wins and losses don't really matter, right? They don't. And thankfully, you know, back in the early part of the last decade, Felix Hernandez ended up winning the Cy Young with, uh, you know, just over, you know, just into double-digit wins. And it was the first time somebody, like, won a Cy Young where wins weren't prioritized. But let me go the other way on Flaherty. In any year, right, even before wins and losses, even before wins were so scarce, in, in an era where pitchers get taken out sooner than ever before, 7-0 and by mid-May was eye-opening even back in the day. For Jack Flaherty to be 7-0 and this year, let's say he ends up, and let me just come up with a hypothetical, right? Let's say he ends up 14-2 and on the year. I don't know, 16-2. Um, don't you think that that actually, like the pendulum will swing to that actually being a thing again? And before you answer, it's Gil Alexander, Mark Borchard, talking baseball right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo Sling, Game Plus, and, of course, iHeartRadio. Your response, sir, to that? Well, you know, that's an interesting question, Gil. So here is my thought on it. What if he goes 16-2? and two, He still continues to have his ERA like he does now, 2.47, which looks really good. But his expected ERA is actually below league average at 4.22. What happens there? And in my mind, I would say I would not vote for him. I mean, Corbin Burns, Jacob DeGrom, if he gets gets healthier, there's there's better options there. Uh, but it, it actually, it's a fascinating question because it, it, I, I, I would kind of like to see it. If this expected ERA and, and you know, he, he, he continues his luck, which seems to be a thing in St. Louis, uh, but in my mind, I, I think I go with the advanced numbers. Right. Uh, I think it's the biggest thing people are overlooking in that particular market because you're right. Like if you were a voter, right, you would vote through the prism of analytics and you've just outlined why you would vote the way you would vote. The question would become how many of the voters, and again, even knowing that it's that it's gravitated towards a much more analytics-based vote in the last decade, I wonder if a, an amazing win-loss record would leap off the page and some of those voters would immediately swing back to where they were and, and would say, oh, but he's, but he's 17 and 2. My God, we got to give it to this dude. Anyway, I think it's a fascinating question. We can't answer it here in May, but it's something to keep an eye on, I think. And maybe Flaherty becomes a sneaky long-shot NL Cy Young Award bet right now. We see him right here at 30 to 1. Down from 33 to 1. Uh, you can find him at 33 to 1 in some spots, but at BetMGM, Jack Flaherty's at 30 to 1. I'm not sure I wouldn't take a flyer on that. I don't know, Gil. I, I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think he's shown enough so far. He's yeah. like, he's got a low home run to fly ball. So for okay. me, I mean, but I, I look at it from a different prism, right? So I'm, I'm looking at him. He's like league average right now and, and by my numbers. Okay. So let's, uh, yeah, that's a, we'll, we'll table that conversation for another time. Uh, two things before we get to your picks. One, Chris Flexen at home uh, today for the Seattle Mariners, the aforementioned Mariners against the tribe. He's a short dog. Um, Flexen's one of these guys where when, pe- when people go over, like you and I do this quarterly, but some people go over this all the time. What's the return on investment of, of teams and, and starting pitchers? Flexen's number one in all of baseball. But man, like his other rotation mates in Seattle, there doesn't seem to be much behind that. Do you have any play on this game? 
I don't. And just my thought on Chris Flexen is you look at his expected ERA 4.92. That's not very good. The yeah. three metric chart, which is, you know, swinging strike percentage, hard hit ball and expected walk. He's in the 35th percentile. So I'm not sold on that guy. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm not sold on. I'm not really sold on any of the guys. Uh, Sheffield or Dunn or Kikuchi, his uh, his rotation mates, if you will, in Seattle. Uh, Jared Kelenic with some more hacks. This uh, this evening, though, that should be fun to watch. And the only other thing before we get to your picks, the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw on the hill. Again, the Dodgers over $2 favorites uh, hosting the Miami Marlins. The Dodgers flirted with 500. They were eight, they were 18 and 17. They were losing a game, and they came back late to avoid going to 500. Do you get this sense, and this is a non-analytics question, but do you have the feeling now with this sort of soft schedule right now that this is where the Dodgers go on an absolute tear. Absolutely, Gil. I think that this, and we've talked about this, uh, you know, the Dodgers record in one-run games, the Dodgers record in extra inning games, super unlucky. And if you look at this, and I love this chart because it's, it's standard standings versus expected standings. And with the expected standings, the Dodgers should be 24.6 and 12.4. So that's a pretty good record. Look at their weighted runs created plus 114, their XFIP minus 86. Defensive run saves pretty good at 99. And again, it comes back that that record, that 20 and 17 record comes down to just, I think, bad timing, quite quite frankly. All right, I lied. One more question. Joe, Mus- <laughs> Joe Musgrove, uh, famously one of the four no-hitters in baseball, author of one of the four no-hitters in baseball, not counting Mad Bum, seven-inning uh, no-hitter, earlier this year uh, for the Padres. Uh, Padres are minus 180 favorites against the St. Louis Cardinals. And I want to dispel this as well, because a lot of people who are new to handicapping baseball, they will they will look at this and they'll be like, wow, Joe Musgrove doesn't do very well historically against the Cardinals. That's like a big talking point. Do you care at all about that kind of narrative? Not to not really. The only way I would is if the guy's got maybe six starts versus the same players. Then you start to looking at a sample size that that you could maybe maybe make a case for. So like Kershaw versus the Giants, if he was really good and those, that Giants had that same base of players, that would mean something to me. Uh, but I, I think in this case, it, it doesn't mean anything. What does mean a lot in this case is the COVID situation for San Diego. Yeah. And I don't think that's being priced into the model. You, now, you know, Gil, how much I don't like the Cardinals and you know how much I love the Padres. Yes. And I've, I've plugged this, this replacement lineup in. I only have it at minus 165. I thought, I thought I would see a line this morning about minus 130 and it's minus 180. So I think if I went any way on that, I would just, I would just go against the, the, the Padres, believe it or not, with the Cardinals, believe it or not. Um, that, that, that's an interesting thing that you just said. So that's, I want to drill down on that one last thing. So the batter versus pitcher stats, BVP, as we would call it uh, sometimes when we were handicapping. When I see, and usually you, you, a lot of people look at this also in the postseason too, but when you see a pitcher's performance against the opposing lineup and their lifetime, you know, those batters' lifetime uh, stats against that particular pitcher, what's like the minimum sample size of plate appearances or at-bats that is meaningful to you for any of that? Because some people will look and they'll be like, oh, 333, 374, 363, this lineup kills them. But if it's only eight at-bats, seven at-bats, and six at-bats, it means virtually nothing. Um, But once in a while, you will see a pitcher versus a lineup 
where you have multiple guys in the lineup who have logged like 40 at-bats apiece against this guy over a lifetime. What's that number? What's that sweet spot for you where it's like, okay, this matters. This means something. I think it would be about 50, and I would particularly look at the plate discipline stats because those those have a lot shorter time, so you can get a pretty good read on strikeout percentage moving forward with about that's about the number 50 at bats the other stuff kind of varies you know home runs is is you got to have a lot of at bats to to project home runs but with the strikeouts and walks i would say it's about 50 gil all right for those who are tuning in for the first time they're like boy these guys are really baseball nerds uh you can you can probably tell this is how mark and i were reared as baseball handicappers first and foremost all right so what are you playing full slate of baseball on a friday what you got Gil, this was a really hard card for me, but I think I've narrowed it down to a couple plays, and I'll start just kind of chronologically. Uh, I'm going to go with the Angels and Canning in the first five innings. Uh, I have it priced at minus 111, and the market has it priced at a pick em. Now, uh, basically, we have, I think, a better hitting team with the Angels. I have them 105 versus Boston's 103, and I think we get a better starting pitcher here. I've got Canning in the model at 94. I've got... Uh, Pavetta at 105, and then if you look at the uh, the, the expected ERA that I calculate at basewinner.com, uh, Nick Pavetta 5.78 expected ERA, Griffin Canning 4.64. The underlying metric charts, the three uh, the three metric charts, uh, swinging strike rate, expected walks, and hard hit balls. That all favors Canning as well. I think this is a pretty good opportunity to to take a better pitcher, better hitting team uh, at, at really a pick and price skill. Angels, first five, Mark Borchard's first pick of the day. Jason Weingarten and I uh, were batting something around about the Angels, specifically about AL MVP. Obviously, the Angels with two of the marquee names at the top there, Mike Trout perennially at the top of the MVP board, and, of course, this year, Shohei Otani, uh, who both pitches and hits. And we sort of were batting around this theory that Mike Trout, you ready for this, almost can't win the MVP. Follow me here. So if the Angels end up as you know, middling as they typically do, then it's, you know, same old, same old. Trout's going to just have that knock against him. Well, he's not playing for a team that made the postseason, so on and so forth. If the Angels do make the postseason, isn't the narrative going to be, well, it's because of Otani now. It's not because, you know, Trout has done the same thing every year. What's different? It's that Otani is the difference. So isn't Trout sort of damned if they do or damned if they don't in that respect? Yeah, that's a good point, and especially if Otani just kind of is close to Trout offensively, and then you know you guys have talked about like, well, if he's if he's decent with pitching and he's close to Trout, then he's the guy to to go with. And I I think that I think that that's really a good point that you guys make on that. It's like, well, you know, who's the last time? When's the last time you've seen a pitcher pitch over 500 and be in the top? I don't know, 25 guys in in offensive uh, production. Yeah. Jason makes a lot of good points about baseball. He does. All right, so you're on the Angels' first five, uh, canning against Pavetta. What's next? I've got to lay the wood with Scherzer in the Nationals. Oh, 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 laying the wood. I have to do this. You know, uh, producer number one and I saw the, the Riley Smith pitch against the Padres, and it seemed like every guy who who faced him was hitting the ball. Just, I mean, they were just rockets off the bat. And so if you look... You're going to have to lay a little bit of uh, a gas here at minus 180. I've got the thing priced at minus 195. Um, 
But the underlying metrics with Scherzer, I've got him in the 90th percentile with that three metric chart. I've got Smith in the 43rd percentile. But if you look at just like the expected ERA, we're getting almost, well, three and a half uh, full runs on the expected ERA. Scherzer at 2.75, Riley Smith at 6.05. And I think there's really only one way to go. You know, the only, the only, the thing that really stuck out to me is the Nationals' best fielding team in baseball. Very surprising. A 0.63 run save per game. So you got that working for us. I, I thought about the run line, but I just can't deal with the Brad Hand, you know, walk the bases loaded, hit a guy, and then escape artist. I just couldn't do that. So I'm going to play it on the uh, on the straight money line, go with Scherzer. And I think it's like, I think it's like minus 188 yeah. uh, right now is what, what I saw. I yeah. always like a firsthand account. And by the way, nice shout out to producer number one, Michael Lamborn here on a numbers game um, that you guys like saw rockets coming off uh, all of Riley Smith's pitches. That somehow makes an impression on me every time. Um, by the way, producer rankings coming soon. No, I'm kidding. Uh, oh, that's awesome. I'm kidding. That's a, I, I'm I can joking. hardly wait for that. I'll, let me help you out and do some <laughs> analytics on that one. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, say hi to Lambor, by the way. Is there a third pick, or are you leaving it at those two? I'm going to leave it at that, Gil. I think those are two decent plays. All right. Angels first five uh, as a dog canning against Pavetta and then laying the wood. A Mark Borchard base winner special on the uh, the Nationals at Arizona tonight. By the way, you're, you're a guy to ask this question. You live in Arizona. You're you're familiar with going to Diamondbacks games in the dead of summer in the heat. Um, There is a groundswell now. Obviously, you heard the reports about the Oakland Athletics, the last pro franchise that is still in Oakland. And this has been a thing with the Oakland Athletics for years and years and years. Uh, If you lived in the Bay like I have, it just comes up. It bubbles up every three, four years. DraftKings even put out, like, hypothetical odds. What's the next city? Not bettable, but just for, uh, for entertainment purposes. And Vegas is the short shot. And so I relate Vegas. The only place that might be hotter than Vegas is where you live down there in Phoenix. And my position is, good God, the Raiders are going to be such an unbelievable success here because every opposing fan base is going to come into town when it's their turn. Washington is coming to, to uh, Vegas in December. All of D.C. is trying to come in, right? I'm trying to get in. So that's going to be the case for eight games. Uh, hockey. Just appointment viewing. Basketball would be the most incredible thing, period, right? I would be, like, first in line to get tickets for that. But baseball, man, 81 home games in a city that has 2.34 million people. My buddies aren't coming in from D.C. for a four-game set in July. I always remember what you said about the, you know, because people are like, well, it'll be indoors. But what did you say to me again about, do you remember what you said? Were you like, I'll let you go, because maybe you do remember. Yeah, I, I remember when we talked about that. And what happens is it gets really hot out here. So, you know, you got you got high triple digit, 111, 112. And so you go to the game, and, and Chase Field is a beautiful – they've done a great job with it. It's air-conditioned inside. But you got to park in a hot parking garage. You've got to walk in from the parking garage into the game. And all at the end of the day after you're done, so you're just exhausted by the time you get in. And it, it, it's it's interesting that they can't really draw very – and even when they've been good, they've they've drawn more in spring training in the – at, at you know Salt River Fields, and they have uh, in in the dead of summer. So it's 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 not fun going down there when it's hot like that, Gil. Yeah, it's it's and the Suns do great, right? The other franchise does great, as do the other franchises here. Baseball's just a different animal, and I just whenever I hear Vegas folks, if you get in a Lyft and Uber here, it's the biggest, uh, it's the most uh, proliferated rumor of of yeah, they're tearing down the Rio and they're building a stadium. You're like, yeah, I know, I know, they're tearing down the Rio, sure. Um, last thing before you go here. Uh, remind me what futures bets you have and what season win totals bets you have. 
Oh gosh, do I have to? It's going to make me look awful. No, oh, I no. have. You know, no, what I have, I have, I have. Okay, so this one I like. The Yankees to win in the division. Uh, that's a huge. That's a big play for us. That's a big position. The other two, I have St. Louis under their team total, which I think was like 85 and a half, and then the White Sox under their team total, which is 90 and a half. So both of those look really crappy right now. All right, sorry to have brought it up. I apologize. Um, wait, so that was all in the futures and the season wins. That's yeah, we I went light on that because of the COVID situation. I think it was a good idea because for instance, take a look at the Cardinals, how yeah. lucky they're getting to to hit the Padres right now. Uh, so that's the last thing you want to to have that affect your season win totals. I got three they had three games versus the Padres and they all those guys had COVID. So but I like the Yankees. I think they're gonna win that division and that'll that'll kind of bail us out in that department. Okay. Is there anything you see now, division futures or or, or league or major leagues that you would bet now or no? Yeah, I like. I still like the Yankees. I like the Indians. Those are the two teams that that I think are are undervalued in those future market skill. Okay, we've done all we can do. Mark, always a pleasure. Always uh, interesting talking uh, baseball, handicapping, and modeling with you. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. Yo, my pleasure. Thank you, Mark Borchard, everybody from an undisclosed location, back in the desert. Insta friends with that dude back in the day. The Base Winner Podcast available where all podcasts are distributed. By the way, Mark Borchard. You can follow him on Twitter at base winner uh we'll come back Vinny maliula will join us uh, we'll talk all things sports betting from his perspective behind the desk we'll talk more preakness we'll bring ed stanko in the owner of the 2013 kentucky oaks winner the princess of silmar we'll talk to him as well coming back on a numbers game at visa the sports betting network Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. The second leg of the Triple Crown is tomorrow, and first bet is the perfect place to start your betting action. Sign up now, and you'll get analysis and wagering on every race with AI-assisted picks, secure payments, attentive customer service, and a reliable website. And to celebrate the Preakness, First Bet's giving $20 in free bets for all new users to sign up now through May 15th using the promo code VEGAS20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free bet offer will receive full access to VEASAN subscription products for free. From now through the Belmont Stakes, go to visa.com slash horses for details. That's vsin.com slash horses and use promo code Vegas20. Uh, Chris Felica chiming in. Uh, he was kind enough to join us earlier to talk horses, to talk hockey, to talk soccer. He uh, he agrees with the Flaherty take. Matt Brown mentioning that last night on primetime action. 7-0. and I think all of a sudden win losses, wins and losses become a thing if it becomes a thing with him, specifically at 7-0 and already. We get tweets at beating the book. Uh, Sparty Party, did you just go Cousins with the you like that to Paul Carr? I don't remember doing that. You remember you like that? I don't remember that. Greg V, uh, NJNY, regarding the rule Paul Carr was explaining, I'll sum it up this way. It's making sure that the champion has the opportunity to defend the title regardless. Liverpool finished fifth in the Premier League in 05, but won the Champions League, so they had earned the right to defend the title. Same with Chelsea 2012. Thank you for that explanation. Bob from Philly. No Brandon Woodruff love for NL Cy Young? Have a 26-1 ticket from the preseason. Oh, I'm not saying it's impossible. But he has the uh, the disadvantage of having a teammate in Corbin Burns uh, that is just killing it. So I wonder if there will be a, uh, how can I put this, splitage of votes, a split of votes. Or just in general, voters will be like, he's not even the best starting pitcher on his team kind of thing. 
uh, tennis yesterday. I didn't have – numbers game listeners have gotten the best of the tennis because we had that sweep where we went nuts with the plus 252 dog the other day, and then we had the two other winners with the plus games against Serena and then against Nadal with Sinner. Um, and then I didn't have I didn't have picks yesterday on the show. I didn't have picks this uh, or this morning, just because the way that the the matches are in Europe, in Italy in this case, in Rome, uh, the lines don't come out typically till late in the show or right after the show. And I got to crunch the numbers and see what. So we split. We went one and two yesterday, but it was like a dog. So we only lost. We lost less than a unit. We got the worst of it. So on, on primetime action, I have given out the picks the last two days, one and two a uh, couple nights ago. Losing less than a unit because one was a dog, uh, or a few of them were dogs, a couple were dogs. But uh, last night I gave out two, and we got the worst of these. So Del Bonus I had at minus 150 against the uh, six foot nine inch American Riley Opelka, who really is discovering clay for the first time in his career. Um, Del Bonus loses in straight, so we lose the minus 150 play. And we were about to split this. It was about to be water under the bridge. Elena Ostapenko was going up against Karolina Pliskova as a plus-150 dog. She had at least two match points that I saw. Maybe there was a third. But she had two match points, and she squandered them. Ugh, and loses in three sets. Brutal loss for us. So the tennis was not fun this morning. But that's the thing with, the, with our, our, our tennis picks. Even when we lose, we've had a lot of brutal losses where we've had multiple match points on our racket. Uh, this case actually wasn't on our racket. But the, remember the Jessica Pagula match from some weeks ago where she had six match points as he squandered them. So tennis beats can be brutal too. And we have gotten the worst of the close ones. But uh, you just have to sort of overcome that negative variance and uh, be okay with it and know that over the long term you're going to be okay. As far as today... Um, the reason that we're able to talk tennis right here is because play got suspended at uh, in Rome uh, because of weather. And so the Djokovic-Tsitsipas match, other matches got suspended too, right? Ash Barty, Ashley Barty, and uh, Coco Goff, the American, were suspended at 2-2 two to two in the first set. But Tsitsipas and Djokovic were suspended with, jo- with uh, Tsitsipas up 4-3, to three in the first set. Now, I'm, I was watching this with one eye as I was driving in. Yes, I was watching tennis scores while I was driving. Sorry. Uh, and I think Tsitsipas was up two breaks, and I think Joker broke him back twice, if I'm not mistaken. So I think we're on serve here at 4-3. If this match does resume, uh, where I'm getting at is here, I would actually be a proponent of an in-match over in terms of the total number of games. I actually have a pre-flop over uh, in terms of games. But if you have the opportunity, because this match got suspended, if it does resume, and I'm not sure what the weather is, it may not resume. But if it does, uh, look for an opportunity. Look for what the in-game total game number is and go over on that. Because I anticipate a uh, a very long two-setter that might go into two tiebreakers. Or what we're really betting on here is essentially for the match to go three sets. And I think Djokovic and Tsitsipas may very well be headed for three. By the way, I'm getting a text on this, so someone might be clarifying uh, that for me on the tennis. Uh, They have resumed play on Coco, which means they probably will resume play on Djokovic and Tsitsipas here momentarily. So keep an eye out for that. Over total games, Joker and Tsitsipas. Vinny is next, and we'll hear from Ed Stanko on the Preakness. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. The Preakness is tomorrow, and the VEASAN horse racing experts are analyzing the horse's jockey's track edition, starting positions, and prior race results to find the betting edge, whether you play the horses every week or search the terms exact and trifecta once a year. Our team is here to get you ready to make your best bet on the Preakness. Visit VEASAN.com slash horses to find our full race coverage, special offers from our partners, and picks from horse racing specialists, including Dave Tooley, Ron Flatter, Jeff Siegel, Millie Ball, and Jeremy Plonk. That's VEASAN.com slash horses, VEASAN.com slash horses. It's Gil Alexander to my right, ladies and gentlemen, quite the horse racing expert himself. Slow jamming with Vinny Maliulo. How you doing, Vincenzo? I'm well. I don't uh, I don't know about the, the expert part, but uh, <laughs> we'll give an opinion. There's been some good ones so far today. So. All right. Well, let's bring in let's bring in a gentleman who uh, perhaps is expert, I think, is, a, is an okay title yes. to give him. Uh, he's the owner of uh, Princess of Silmar, the 2013 Kentucky Oaks winner. Uh, and of course, is from the is, is the owner of the King of Prussia stable, of course, and the father of Adam Stanko, perhaps his finest accomplishment. It's Ed Stanko. How you doing, Ed? Great. Good morning, guys. How's everybody? Well, we're doing very well. We only have a, a few minutes here, but your thoughts on the Preakness, sir? Sure. Well, we could talk a little bit about first, perhaps the um, the debacle after the Derby with. Uh, Medina spirit. I'm sure there's been a lot of talk about all that. Yeah. But I, you want to hear my opinion on that? Well, sure. What's your opinion on that? How do you, I mean, obviously. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. So this is how it's going to work. So this, uh, there's a very high probability the second test will come back positive. If it's, ne- if it's negative, there's no controversy whatsoever. If it comes back positive, uh, the horse is DQ'd in Kentucky Derby. And what will happen is there will be an appeal and perhaps a court case based on the efficacy of the test threshold itself. That's pretty clear. I think that's what will happen. And that will take a long, long time to work itself out. So we'll see. But it's obviously been a PR disaster for the racing industry. It's embarrassing. And I think uh, Mr. Baffert has to take total responsibility for a failure of internal controls, which is inexcusable within his barn. So, but we'll move on from that. So, anyway, that's my comment on that. No, strong, um, strong, but just pre- justifiable words. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, so on to the Preakness. The Preakness, this Preakness this year, I think it's an extraordinary race for a lot of reasons. It's all going to be about strategy getting into that first turn. I think it's a terrific, terrific race. And the reason I say it is when I look at the numbers going across, when I look at Medina uh, Spirit, you've got obviously Johnny has got a great jockey, early speed. The time form numbers for early speed are right at the top. The Briss race ratings are great. My own class rating for the horse surpasses the others. The speed numbers are there. And so it's so Medina is obviously the top one. There's no question. However, however, when you look at the other two speed horses, and this is what makes it a beautiful race. It's fascinating. So if you look at Midnight Bourbon, Midnight Bourbon has got uh, Irad aboard, jumped to Irad, had a bad start, got shuffled back in the Derby. I think he'll get a much better start. He's got very good early speed numbers. And 
it'll, and very good class numbers, and it'll be right there with Medina hitting into that first turn. Then the other speed horse, of course, is Concert Tour. And now Mike Smith is on Concert Tour. The issue with Concert Tour is it's got a lot of speed coming out of the tent hole. It's going to have to get there. has good class numbers. The speed numbers are good. But the two things is the distance, the mile and three-sixteenths in my mind, and also in the Santa Anita Derby, it was one, one heck of a race, of course. But then when it came down to the wire with the eyeballing, it just couldn't get that done. So I think Mike will sit off. He'll get close, but he's going to sit off coming from that spot because that's usually the way that uh, Mike likes to race. So from that perspective, it's going to be what's going to happen with Medina and uh, uh, Midnight Bourbon. Now, if they get into a speed duel, if they, those two get in a speed duel, Concert Tour is right there, but then you have to look at the long shots, which we all love. And the three long shots that I see that have a decent chance within a speed duel, first off, you have Crowded Trade, which is Chad Brown's horse, Javi's on it. Um, it has had good numbers in the past. It's lightly raced, so you're going to look for an improve, and it closed well in the wood. Uh, on top of that, the other two you have are uh, Keep Me In Mind. Now, Keep Me In Mind um, had a very tough trip, was about 10 wide in the bluegrass, 8 wide in the derby. It may be too far back to close in this race, but that's one that could be there, as well as uh, Mike McCarthy's horse, which I really like, uh, Rumbauer, uh, is also a closer that could be there. So. To sum it all up for me, it's going, to be, it's going to be a great strategic race among the big three jockeys. Who gets there? I think Medina Spirit is by far the superior horse. That's my own view. However, saying that, to get a decent ROI, you've got to get more than two to one. I really think. I don't know if it's possible. That's my own view. You've got to get more than two to one. And then with the longer horses, I'd want to get Midnight Bourbon in at least 7 to 1, and there's only 100% in the probability scale. So they start to slim down, and the horses after that, you're looking for longer odds. So that's how I, how I see it. I appreciate it. Uh, Ed, I'm, I'm sorry we don't have more time, but I appreciate the perspective. Ed Stanko, everybody, uh, owner of the King of Prussia Stable and a, uh, quite the analyst. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Good luck tomorrow at the races. Thank you. You too, sir. We'll have him back on for the uh, Belmont. Um, And, and, you know, we talked about this earlier, Vinny. Mm -hmm. It's almost a shame Mandaloon is not running. Right. Because that would would add a layer of intrigue, too. Well, uh, Mandaloon, Hot Rod Charlie, essential quality. Right, all yeah. uh, as they came across uh, uh, the finish line, right, uh, in in Louisville, Gil. But but, I, if, but if Mandaloon won this, oh, and then sure. retroactively yeah, yeah, won a exactly. triple crown, kind yeah, of thing. That's, that's a great point. Um, I, I think th- what I really appreciate, Ed, as an owner, as someone in the horse racing industry, being as candid as he has, and, and, oh yeah, and and you know, I, I th- things. It is a black eye. It's unfortunate. Uh, um, you know, the, I'm, I'm glad the race is going on. These, these tests have to get more unified. Yeah, there's got to be more consistency across the board on a national level. So, uh, he, didn't, he didn't mince words about Baffert, that's for sure. Not at all. Yeah, I like not that honestly. That's not sour grapes either. I mean, that's a no. candid uh, opinion by a respected owner.
Uh, in case you missed Chrissy talking about this earlier in the week, the South Point's got a bunch of uh, announcements to make here. This Friday, next Friday, the following Friday regarding pro football and college as well. Oh, I like the college part. Vinny Maolio continues slow jamming next right here on the Numbers Game at Vizen, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Bet on more than the final score with One Game Parlay at BetMGM. One Game Parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. You can make One Game Parlay bets on upcoming MLS and NBA games with more sports coming soon. Log into your BetMGM account and create the uh, the parlay of your dreams before the game starts. New to BetMGM, sign up today. Be on the edge of your seat. The entire game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. It's Gil Alexander and Vinny Maliulo, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, by the way, tweet here from John Ewing. I like this. Mm-hmm. NBA awards line moves. This courtesy of BetMGM. This is from the outset, or at least the best odds you could have gotten these guys at for their respective awards and what they are now. So MVP, Vinny. Nikola Jokic. Opened plus 2,500. Oh, these are the opens and now. Mm-hmm. Open plus 2,500, now minus 3,000. Mm. So 25 to 1 to minus 3,000. Rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball. Opened at plus 400, now minus 750. I don't know if he's a lock. Defensive player, Rudy Gobert. Open plus 300, now minus 1,600. Most approved, Julius Randle. Open 9 to 1. Now minus 5,000. And sixth man, Jordan Clarkson, open 9 to 1. Now minus 1,000. So, so congratulations to anybody who got any of those guys at their opening number. There's a case to bet futures early. <laughs> that sure, sure would be. And right. then, of course, uh, coach of the year, we still have no idea right. who's going to win that between Monty Williams, Quinn Snyder, and Tom Thibodeau. All right. Give me, give me 30 seconds. Who's going to win the Preakness? Who's going to win? Before we do the Who am I going to use? I mean, uh, oh, yeah. you, who are you going to use? You can't throw up efforts, too, right? They're going to go to the front. That's all uh, I'm betting, Vinny. So, that's all? That's all I'm betting. All right, so Medina Spirit and uh, Concert Tour. I'm going to use uh, two, the two and the four. So uh, okay. keep me in mind who is uh, Robertino Diodoro's horse. I mean, it, <laughs> Robertino Diodoro's. He's using Diodoro's horse there. Yeah. And then um, the four, Crowded Trade. Javier Castellano up for Chad Brown. Those okay. four. This Friday, next Friday, the following Friday at the South Point. What That's you got? right. You want dates? We got dates, Gil Alexander. Yeah, no. Uh, in fact, uh, Chrissy will be in, in just a little bit. So today, uh, NFL uh, regular season win totals go up here at South Point. Uh, as we talked earlier uh, this month, Gil, and uh, late last month, waited for the, uh, the the schedule to come out just to get that sequence of games and and break down uh, some of those uh, some of those uh, uh, points. Yep. I asked Chrissy what he was looking for. Uh-huh. You know, oh, three road games in a row. Sure. What what were you looking for in those? So, very similar, Gil. Uh, I mean, and and then trying to gauge. And I know you every year, and we we talked off air about this. Who do you who do you look at that has quote unquote you know some of the more challenging schedules, overall schedule or uh, scheduling points, uh, who may not have as difficult a schedule. I mean, I think it'll surprise some folks. Uh, The Ravens have a particularly difficult schedule. Yeah. This year, when you look at it, not just I mean, they open up here, of course, on the first Monday night game against. Uh, against the Raiders, but there's a, a span in there where they've got uh, the Kansas City, Miami, 
the Bears, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh, and then Cleveland again. So when when you when you look at the Ravens schedule, uh, particularly challenging overall, and so you, and and the sequence of those games as well. They have a they have a stretch though of four straight road games over a five week span yeah. with the bye wedged in there. Mm-hmm. So that's a little quirk for them. Yeah. Um, but yep. I think we'll surprise some folks when, when you know, and I hate to use the word easiest schedule because there's no easy uh, games or certainly less challenging games. But I think the Super Bowl champs, uh, w- when you look at the Patriots' opponents this year, um, the the win percentage of the of the uh, from last year of the teams that they're playing this year is not even 500. Patriots do play three teams off buys there. They're, they're the, the Patri- only team that has yep. that mm-hmm. distinction, so that's yeah. bad for them. I mean, the Buccaneers actually have a pretty good schedule, uh, as Super Bowl champs. Oh, too. I'm sorry. Yeah, Buccaneers do. Uh, Patriots opponents are are very very uh, sub 500, uh, but but the Bucks as uh, Super Bowl champs really did not draw particularly bad, uh, if you in in my opinion. Here's what I would say, generally speaking. So free agency. May, it will alter my season win total and yep. futures thoughts. Mm-hmm. The draft often will not. I think, how about in conjunction, though? Yeah. Right? Like the Dolphins is a good example from last year. Right. I think. Maybe, but but yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll grant right? you that. They had a, a really good uh, uh, free agent uh, uh, period last year, and then, of course, they had all those draft picks. Uh, but, uh, but free agency definitely more than the yeah. draft. Mm-hmm. But I would say the, the schedule coming out does change my thinking on a couple of teams. Like Pittsburgh's stretch of final games, the Steelers, yep. is brutal. If we could throw a Pittsburgh schedule. like the, and, and Warren Sharp, again, if you mm-hmm. do it through the prism of – season win totals of their opponents this year as opposed right. to last year's win-loss record was sort of the lazy mainstream way of doing it. Um, look at that. Look at that look, close to the season, yep. Vinny. That last column. Ravens at Vikings, home Titans at Chiefs, home Browns yep. at Ravens. That made me think differently about the Steelers' season win total just because mm-hmm. w- what a what a you've got to bank those wins early, boy, or you're in trouble. Like they did last year, Gil, uh, but I don't need to, uh, but if, even if you look at the front end of it, do you really think that that the Steelers or anybody else for that is anybody going to go eleven and zero? No, I mean, the Steelers right. are not going to start eleven and zero this year. By the way, the Raiders have taken the most money on Week One games. The Raiders are you know the the Ravens were six point road favorites at Las Vegas. Then it went to five and a half. Then it went to five. Now it's four and a half. Yeah. What? Why in the heck are people betting on the Raiders like that against the Ravens at home? They're betting. They're betting the. Well, we used four and a half to start. You know, we put up Week One yeah. the, the other day, and we used uh, four and a half. Uh, we're, I'm going to tell you, there's never a loss for, of, for Raider interest in Las Vegas, oh, even before they came I, here. I, Bill, I, as you believe know. me, um, the, the home team on Monday night, uh, that, that aspect of it, everybody going to the game. Uh, certainly, uh, there'll be the unveiling of the stadium. I think we saw it, a similar aspect last year when they were home against the uh, the Saints. I, I think it's it's a similar betting trend right here with this particular game so give me the ravens all right four well, and you, might, you might get a better you'll get a better price than four and a half probably oh i know I'll, so i'm in no rush if you're if you're looking okay. to bet the so, ravens wait so the last thing about the nfl because yeah. again season win totals come out at the south point today today yes uh but you know i was talking to johnny avello last night we were matt brown uh kelly bidlin and i on primetime action danielle was out and i hope she feels better once again but we were talking to Johnny Avella, who, again, you really have to meet Johnny. Right. He's with DraftKings. You, you right. guys should meet right. yeah. uh, from DraftKings. And I asked him, you know, because obviously much fanfare. We mm-hmm. spend a lot of time talking mm-hmm. about <clears throat> analyzing the NFL schedule as it comes out. 
and uh, <clears throat> pardon me, all the quirks that, that went into that um, and that we've identified. But, you know, then I asked him, I'm like, hey, but are people actually betting this? And he goes, you know what, Gil? Not really. You know, like it's like there's, there's sure there's some, you know, some professional bettors who might do it. He goes, but generally speaking, people wait. It wasn't like this massive flood of bets. You, Same for you guys. For week expect? one? For, for week one lines, yes. Week one, yeah. It's kind of a, a wait-and-see approach. But what, what we'll see, Gil, is is this. And, and, again, there's four months to book these games. So it's, it's no real surprise, right, that week one is has the highest regular season handle, right? I mean, that's that's not – first of all, everybody's playing. Of course. You've got four months to book the games. And week one – at, at the end, there's that flurry because there's two two NFL events where people overbet. It's week one because they've been clamoring for it, and the and Super the Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. So that said, the 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 beauty of it is, from our side of the counter, is again with four months that as people come to town during the course of the summer, and we're opening up more. Right, we're going to be at 100 uh, percent on June 1st. People, not everybody's going to be here for week one. So as they come through, they'll, you know, they'll they'll look at these games. And some people will inevitably miss the kickoff at 10 a.m. on Sunday, well, September 12th. Four months. Oh, is that? <laughs> Sorry, what, you got to shut out. Wait a second. You only had yeah. four months to do this. Yeah. All right, and then next Friday. Next Friday, uh, college games of the year, which has been a South Point staple. So, yes, a favorite of uh, of Christie's, uh, and, and and we have a lot of fun doing it. And then the following Friday. Regular season win totals for college football conference games because of COVID considerations. Well, yeah, you you know, uh, you just you, you, there's there's still I think there's going to be a lingering effect to that. Probably, not uh, probably. Can I yeah, listen? I know this is uh, you know people are going to let uh, let the hate wash over me for what I'm about to say, but I I'm worried about the NBA playoffs. What do you worry? What do you... because we're seeing like with the Yankees coaches and sure. you know so. I'm just worried mm. that we've become so, like, uh, you know, confident about it, right? We're almost nonchalant about it now. I'm just worried now that there's no bubble situation, that yeah. something could affect the playoffs, well, and that would be horrific. Yeah, it would, it, it would certainly uh, it'd, it'd be a challenge, Gil. I mean, look, I, again, in a better position t- today than, of course, a year ago. Uh, a year ago it was the bubble. No. Um Plus, it's expanded this year, too. And again, from our side, look, a play-in event, uh, maybe the teams don't like it, but it, those games are going to be very heavily bet. That, oh, that's I can't wait. To, you know, yeah, I'm just and, saying. And there's no load management, of course, but you do have that. Well, what if somebody's, you know, is in quarantine? Yeah, I guess what sure. you're saying, since, since you brought it up with college football season win totals, that you're yeah. confining it to the conference games because you you're still a little worried about have it. A little, I, I thought about it yesterday. We yeah. were actually talking about it on text. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, with all this stuff going sure. on with the Yankees and the Padres, you're like, yeah. what if the wrong player on the wrong NBA team had to miss playoff games? Like, are you stopping the playoffs dead in their tracks? Or are you going to, you know? Point. Yeah, it's so. certainly something that, that bears watching it. Uh, all we can do is is monitor it, and uh, yeah. it certainly as as betters and bookmakers, right, we're trying to you know see make sure you know about rosters and and lineups and things. So season win totals in the NFL today, correct. A week from today, it's college football games, games of, of the, the year, year mm-hmm. which is a South Point staple, and then right. two weeks from today, it is college football season win totals conference games only. Mm-hmm. 
conference games only. And again, and Christian put that out on, on, on Twitter as well, which is good. So now there's folks out there that, you know, that are going to look and see and start doing their homework as well. So to, to show up on uh, next Friday and the following Friday. Okay. Um, and Christy says he enjoys the college football stuff much more than the pros. He likes that research right, project. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's a little bit of, it's a challenge. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's it's a it's a solid opinion, and you're you're putting your opinions up, and you're putting them up very early. Oh, matter of fact, Shams just had a tweet. Uh, the NBA and NBPA, uh, the Players Association, are discussing modifications to the health and safety protocols in light of CDC guidance that fully vaccinated individuals do not need to wear a face mask mm. or physically distance except in certain settings. In the meantime, current protocols remain in place. Hopefully, everybody remains healthy and Stay safe. safe. Vinny, thank you. Always good to be with you. Thank you to all. Good luck with all your bets. A whole bevy of them on the show today. Lombardi Line is next on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. 